0: Welcome, it's Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Ritchie. There's a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, Jackson White, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Politoscope, TYT, Rebel HQ creator. Also in the bullpen, we have Runeko Selena. This is gonna be a fascinating bullpen discussion. Investigative journalist and co-founder of Black Black Liberty, Liberty China. We're gonna talk about racism, we're gonna also talk about a story that we highlighted right here on Indisputable where black children were being exploited by others. We have that video, we have that conversation. First story of the day, Marjorie Taylor Greene, United States Congresswoman out of the state of Georgia committed a criminal offense, decided to attack a demonstrator who was walking in front of her. Here's the first video. You're getting
1: kids shot in school.
0: You're helping kids get shot in school. No, I'm not.
1: No, you're you're, right, you're a coward is what you care. How are. am I a gun- you know, coward? The you're the one running away. A- you're the, the one running away. No gun rights protect. <laughs> <you>. That's <laughs> not. Oh yeah, what do gun rights do for all the no, kids you know, who keep you're, getting you're shots you're in you're school? Such
2: a coward. You're How such am I a coward?
1: coward. Representative, okay, please. Guns. please.
2: You're am I scared, scared of, of guns? You're scared of legal gun owners that
1: want to <laughs> <laughs> protect their kids in school? Shame on you. How? Shame on you. Yeah, go move to another country where they take away your guns. I want to live in a country where kids don't get shot. I want to. I want to. Live in a country where kids no, don't get, get shot. I don't think Good. you like that. Good. You know what? So you, you like hey, so, 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 you li- so do you like right? so do you but like, but like, so do you like living in a country where kids, kids keep getting shot, shot in school no, and dying? Hate,
3: we need access kids. to the
1: sidewalk
0: The young lady that you saw coming into the screen is about to be attacked by the United States Congresswoman. Let me provide a little more context before I go to that video. Uh, The individual who is talking right now to Marjorie Taylor Greene is activist Santiago Meyer, who is talking about guns. America has this fascination with guns, 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 guns. Marjorie Taylor Greene says he needs to move to another country. We all know what that means. That's code, the coded language for you don't belong here in America. There's more. Here it is.
1: The Second Amendment is bad for gun violence. The Second Amendment, how does the Second Amendment prevent gun violence? You're the one that believes that you need to out of my You're blocking a member of Congress.
0: Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, you saw that, right? So I went back multiple times to look at the actual attack. I think she attacked her three times. Two for sure. One time may have been unintentional, possible. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, some of you will say, well, that's not a big deal, doc. I guarantee you this, if Marjorie Taylor Greene would have been walking in front of that demonstrator and the demonstrator decided to kick Marjorie Taylor Greene two or three times, Marjorie Taylor Greene would say that the police need to arrest her. She would probably take out a police report. Why? Because Marjorie Taylor Greene For those who may not know this, it's the first full-blooded Karen ever elected to the U.S. Congress. So, of course, she would have taken it all the way. Unwanted physical contact. That is simple battery, battery, or simple assault. All of those are criminal dynamics and completely against the law. And it was intentional. Marjorie Taylor Greene engaged in intentional combat or contact with another individual. Now, it is interesting that Marjorie Taylor Greene is basically saying gun-free zones kill children, which is insane, the stats do not uh, bear that out. As a matter of fact, while people people are running around saying guns, 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 uh, the same individuals who make these rulings will say no guns in our facility, U.S. Supreme Court, you can't take a gun up in there, period. You take you can't take a gun uh, in the U.S. Congress, or the Capitol, not allowed. They won't allow you to take guns into uh, the facility of an elected official, United States Congressperson. Not allowed there either. All right, here's more.
2: There was free Texas guns grocery store, gun It was not,
1: it was not an innocent open carry state. Like I said, you guys should move to some country. Where- so, okay, so you're, te- you're telling me to move yes. out of the country. The, that is your official position as a member all of you Congress. Can buffet
0: you're in, of government. You're- all right, let's put up this um, Twitter. It was really interesting. Uh, on the issue of pressing charges, here's what Santiago said. Uh, and remember, both of these uh, protesters are members of Gen Z, the activist group, uh, voters of tomorrow. Appreciate all the DMs and text messages, y'all slowly working through them. To answer the most prevalent question about, about pressing charges, we're talking to our legal team and keeping our options open. Uh, to my dear brother, Santiago, uh, lock her ass up, put out a warrant for arrest, do a police report, brother, come on, man. This is simple. Now I get it, there's this respectability politics always associated with members of the United States Congress. They are not playing by those rules. I don't know why you should yourself. What this woman did was criminal. And it could have resulted in real injury, it did not. But you have to teach people how to respect you sometimes. You have to let people know what you will or will not tolerate. And as I said earlier, if the roles were reversed, the activist would have been arrested. All right, Jackson, thoughts here?
3: So, um, you know, my initial thoughts is even though Marjorie Taylor Greene is definitely of the more extreme examples of the right wing conservatives in this country, the arguments is always the same that conservatives give, whether it be for, you know, giving more gun control or improving the healthcare system, improving the education system, infrastructure, whatever it is. It's always they find some little bitty loophole or some way to say that this won't stop 100% of the killings. People will still find a way to get some guns. So we should do nothing at all, or we should, you know, go in the other direction completely. And then, you know, it's always fear-oriented to where, like, if we do, you know, if if we raise the age up for for federal background checks to 21 years old, you know, the the next thing you know, you know, we're going to be a total socialist state. You know, the next thing you know, everyone's going to just have all their guns completely taken away. So it's just really just a useless party and ideology to be in to where change and progress can't happen because you fundamentally don't believe in it.
0: That's right. Well said. Really interesting mystery. Some people believe it was simply a suicide. Let me give you this highlight and this update. Kevin Bryan, uh, Rikers Island. Let's put up the picture of Rikers Island. He was a detainee. According to the report, he took his own life while in custody this week, marking the 14th death in custody connected to Rikers Island. This year alone, 35-year-old Kevin Bryan entered the notorious jail complex on September 8th after he was booked on a second-degree burglary charge. Bryan was found hanging from a pipe inside of a staff bathroom at the Eric M. Taylor Center just after 7 a.m. His death is the third confirmed or suspected suicide in a month and the fifth this year. Benny Basho, Basho uh, is the president of the corrections officers benevolent association called COBA. According to him and sources, prior to his death, the officer on duty had secured Brian inside of an officer's station while he was bullied and threatened by other detainees. There's more. The officer who was at the end of a double shift and was the only staffer on duty in the the housing area was attempting to notify a supervisor and ask for backup when Brian entered the staff bathroom and bolted the door. Sources and the president of COBA noted the lock on the outside of the door had malfunctioned. An assistant deputy warden responded to the scene kicked down the door and found Brian unresponsive, tied a pipe inside of the bathroom around 7.08 AM. He was pronounced dead about 40 minutes later, according to the Department of Corrections. So the Brooklyn Defender Services, who represented uh, Brian said in a statement and I quote, we are absolutely devastated by the death of Kevin Bryan, he died on Wednesday after seven days of incarceration, in a Rikers Island jail. We grieve with his family, friends, and all who are affected by his death. It is an utter outrage that 14 people have lost their lives in New York City jails this year alone. Mr. Bryant's death is another har- horrifying result of NYC Department of Corrections complete failure to protect the health and safety of people incarcerated in his jails. Mr. Bryant's death was yet another preventable loss of, person, uh, of a person held pre-trial on bail. Now, please remember, everyone in this uh, facility, this jail, is innocent. Let me say that again. Everybody there, virtually, is innocent. You see, innocence is a legal term of art. It is a legal standard inside of the judicial system. Innocent does not mean you did not do it. Innocent means you have this presumption. Now, some people will say, you're innocent until proven guilty that's not the way we should say it we should say innocent unless proven guilty because when we say innocent until proven guilty we are assuming that the proven guilty part is coming anyway so all of these individuals are legally innocent of whatever crime they've been charged of. so far 2022 Deaths in 2022 set to outpace last year's already steep toll of 16, which is the most deaths the agency had seen since 2016 and more than 2019 and 2020 combined. By this time last year, just 10 deaths had been recorded, marking a 40% increase year to date in 2022. So let's talk about the officer on duty, okay? The officer on duty had been by herself when there's typically another person by way of protocol. The Department of Correction, DOC, uh, they have been in the throes of a staffing crisis for more than a year. More than 3,500 correction officers had resigned or retired since 2019, including 559 who left this year alone, resulting in a 35% decline in headcount, COBA claimed previously the decline outpaces the 27% drop in the inmate population in that period. That's data from the union shows. So let's look at the commissioner here. He's the guy in charge. Buck stops with him. All right. That's Commissioner Molina. Molina, compounding the staffing issue is a chronic dynamic. Additional to this, people that are employed but not coming to work. That's another element they're dealing with. Uh, So this commissioner has recently cracked down on this operation of absenteeism by firing workers. Don't show up for work or suspending them for 30 days. You know, police and police-like operations are so weird sometimes. So if you don't go to work, they literally will likely not fire you. They will suspend you for 30 days. That'll do it. Okay, Um, obviously this is a violation of due process, Uh, individuals not being able to be protected, that's negligent, Uh, security, premises, liability, all of that is attached to the fact that they will not do what they need to do in order to have the right staff. What does that mean? Pay them, pay them the right amount of money, make sure you're engaging individuals so that they have a decent work environment, create policies that people can be proud of. You may attract better people in that facility if you do so. Jackson, thoughts here.
3: So, you know, obviously 14 people dying this year alone just shows how high of a chance you have of not doing well within that prison system. But, um, you know, these types of things end up happening within uh, the prison system because, as we talk about all the time, it's where the forgotten people and the people that nobody really cares about in terms of societal standards go. So in terms of policy, it's often pushed to the bottom. Um, of things that are important and what we need to do and who we need to be helping. But, you know, the biggest way, in addition to reforming our prison system, um, to reducing the amount of people within prison is to improve the socioeconomic conditions of the country, you know, improve the neighborhoods that we live in, increase the amount of opportunities people have access to, and the lessen the amount that it costs just to live and breathe, and you won't have people put in positions to even make choices uh, to be thrown in jail. Uh, So this would be less of a problem. But obviously the issue in and of itself is what conservatives in this country don't really care about.
0: Yeah, very well said. There's always a cause and effect relationship to everything we experience. And the prerequisite for, let's say, crime is typically poverty. All right. A judge, racist, bigoted, made remarks, now is in trouble. Let's put up the picture of this, of this judge. It's, um, it's a shame that I have to do a segment about a black woman who has decided to become a reflection of her own historic oppressor. A New York judge has been suspended last December after allegedly making vile, bigoted remarks and accusations while on the job. I got the receipts. Brooklyn surrogates court judge Harriet Thompson. That's her name. She was suspended with pay. In December 2021, after the inspector general for the state court's substantiated misconduct claims against her. Let me tell you what they are, according to the papers. Filed by the Office of Court Administration as it seeks to uphold the suspension, Judge Thompson called four other judges gay, racist F words who were, and I quote, all effing each other and, and I quote, trying to ruin me and get me. Judge Thompson, who was elected to a 14 year term in 2018, also said, and I quote, I hate these gay white men. Being gay is an abomination to mankind. She even claimed some judges had to sleep with certain people to get ahead. New York Chief Administrative Judge Lawrence Marks decided to put on the sideline, make her inactive um, following the filing. Let me say this very clearly because There are many who will say, well, she's entitled to her opinion. That is correct. She is entitled to her opinion. She made these statements during office hours. She is a judge, which means when she has an inherent bias, her bias contradicts the very oath she took to become a sitting judge in that district. Let's put up the picture of this guy, it was really interesting. So Thompson, who made a bunch of money, $210,000, 211000 in 2021, according to See Through New York, also allegedly said that she did not like Hispanic people, accusing them of being liars. Once again, how do you fairly judge a Hispanic person in front of you if you think they all are liars? Get my point? They have a deceitful trait that goes way back to biblical times, she said. The court papers alleged, she said, the OCA claimed, Judge Thompson said, that whenever she has a case involving a litigant with a Hispanic-sounding name, she assumed the litigant was a liar. There's more. We got additional information. It goes beyond that. From the appalling comments included once saying a gay judge was fat now from all of the evil he was doing and criticizing a black judge for having blonde hair, the OCA claims. She also allegedly called a black judge a house N-word and a puppet for the white man. Thompson, who previously uh, served as a civil judge starting in 2011 for a 10-year term, allegedly once said that a female court employee is a prostitute. I think her boyfriend is pimping her. Once again, she's making all of these states on the record during office hours. In December, the IG, Inspector General, referred Thompson's case to New York's Commission on Judicial Conduct, the body responsible for investigating allegations of misconduct against judges and making disciplinary recommendations once their probes are concluded. And the CJC's investigations are confidential, so you will not get a view or review of them. She filed a suit in April arguing that Marks and OCA wrongfully suspended her without giving her the opportunity to defend herself. Thompson also claimed that false accusations were made against her by a disgruntled court employee whom she had barred from her cases for alleged misconduct. But since the CJC's investigations can take at least two years. Marx determined that it would not be appropriate for Judge Thompson to continue to preside over judicial matters for the duration of the commission's investigation, according to the court papers. This is an important story to highlight, and we've highlighted racist judges on this show many times. Um, We also called for the resignation and firing of judges many times. This woman, Making these types of racist statements against individuals who are in front of her is more than problematic. Ladies and gentlemen, things like this, they have a way of defining us to the negative. She said racist things, she said bigoted things, but she also likely ruled in a way that was contrary to justice. So while we may talk about her opinion on the record, Let's also talk about the historical dynamic of her being a judge on the record and how her bias influenced her the wrong way. Jackson, thoughts here.
3: So this is why standards are important and why every position within society can't necessarily be held to the same standard or to the same, um, you know, measurements with whatever it is. If you're in a position where you're making decisions on if people go to jail or if they get to see their children or if they get access to maybe a property that they got cheated out of and you inherently believe that all Mexicans, they'll be telling the truth. You know what's up with them. That's probably going to impact the way that you decide, and, and we have evidence of that. And you know, what really stuck out to me about this story that's the most important is the fact that she was elected You know, over 10 times. She served many terms, um, and this is why our involvement is so important and why it has such immediate and direct impacts and results and why it's so important that we really, really stay with it because people like this can go under, under the radar very easily.
0: Yeah, agreed, and let me say this. I know some people are going to say, Doc, why are you coming after black woman? Why is the black woman coming after other disenfranchised groups? That's my question to you. Why is she doing that? She should know by experience, this is not the way to contextualize another human being. We got more on the other side. It's Indisputable Stick and Stay. Welcome back. we got a lot of show left. Let me remind everybody, day five is here. This is Member Appreciation Week. Shop TYT right now. Got a big sale. For the final day of Member Appreciation Week, we're offering a discount that's as strong as our members. 30% off site-wide. You know the drill. Head to tyt.com forward slash join to become a member and then go to tyt.com forward slash notice. For your exclusive discount code. Finally, thank you once again from all of us at TYT for being outstanding members and letting us fight for positive change. You are the Young Turks. All right. We got a couple of comments. Let's get it. Biden flavor corn pop. Saw it, it is a big deal. Marjorie Taylor Green, put her hands on that girl. Uh, square Peg and a round hole says the one kick was definitely intentional. She literally pulled her leg back and kicked it forward. It was a small and petty move by a small and petty individual. Uh, tall Glass of shadow Juice says, I don't think this judge is simply racist and homophobic. She's clearly insane. Remove her now. Uh, Keto Boot Forever. Thank you so much for that, Keto Boot Forever. I have a question, Doc. How should I handle dealing with my daughter's high school having right-wing propaganda posters in the classroom? I have photos but I don't know the next step. Well, number one, you can send those photos to me, all right? I take it from there. So make sure you get those photos to me, tag me on social media, inbox me, get those photos to me with some background, I will confirm, we'll take it from there, all right? Glad to help. Uh, Lavender Lily, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for joining. Everybody who's watching us on the YouTube stream, you can join and connect, multiple levels, multiple ways to do so. We'd love to see you there. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood.
2: You want to
1: call the police on them for having a barbecue on a you Sunday. You're my going to you. Back off. I'm going to tell him there's an African-American man threatening my life. What are you f- doing here? You telling me what to do. I belong here. You don't. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that supposed to be what I just no, no, said. What's that supposed to mean? No, no. He's telling me what to do! No, no, no I heard your words. you said it. You, you. heard what oh, yeah. I said! I here. No, no, listen to me, I'm talking to you. I'm trying, to, trying to get served. It's serve. got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with you at all. I'll knock your ass out Exactly Exactly. The man's doing his job, it's not about where he comes from. Listen. Yeah? I... Don't start on me because I was born here, alright? Don't serve I'm him. To do you know what? Purchase. He brings f- the bill. So what? Doesn't matter. You're using abusive language throughout the whole shop. There's abusive kids language. in this shop and you're swearing like yeah. mad. Who wants to serve you?
0: This is a throwback, Karen. I highlight this, Karen. I got more video because it shows the universal dynamic of racism in, uh, outside of America. Let's go to the second video because you see a number of anti Karens stepping up.
1: Huh? that's exactly it I oh, come here every night so what, know. you're walking around swearing who damn wants want to serve you damn ch- you about mean? where are you from no I don't serve him this is out of order <laughs> damn oh, face the man coming to be people and telling about no Good. Well done, guys. That's right. Sort it out, MP. Can I be served now, please? Sorry, I'll
0: film this. I'm going to highlight a couple of dynamics here that may have gone unnoticed. Let's put up the picture of the male Karen in question. Once again, this is a throwback, but I'm doing an analysis of this situation. Did you notice that he never respected the authority of the black men who actually were in authority, never respected it. When a white woman who's a patron, not an individual of designed or designated authority, when the white woman spoke to this male Karen, he decided to change his tune. And you see, the more she talked, the less combative he became. Eventually, she was able to talk so much coming against his carenicity that he then allowed the black people that he obviously was antagonistic toward to remove them. Why do you think he had no respect for the authority figures who were black, but he had significant respect for the non-authority figure who was white? Indoctrination, bigotry, racism, it's there. But I'm glad that people stood up for the black males who were there. And we need more anti-Karans in the world. There should be motivation. We can all be great because we can all be an anti-Karian. All right, Jackson.
3: Well, you know, you hit it right on the head. He didn't respect them for the plain and simple fact of what color skin they were. And, you know, it's like, gee, I wonder what types of programming he listens to and what types of programming he watches because the same type of stuff that we see here is the same type of stuff that they have, not to mention, a lot of it's just completely worldwide now, and it's nothing new. But, you know, this guy, he was screaming and yelling at people because he really believed what he said. I belong here, and I can treat you how I want, and I can do what I want in this place of business because it's my right to do so. And obviously anything done to him, if it was in vitriol or violence or whatever it may be, then, you know, then he would be whining and screaming.
2: Yeah, well said. All right.
0: Fulton County, Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis, who is leading the investigation against Donald Trump, the elector scheme, the fake elector scheme. She has just said, uh, yeah, we're gonna lock some people up. Yeah, some people are going to get indicted, they're gonna go to jail, they will likely go to prison. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically her sentiment. Let's put up a picture. District Attorney Fonnie Willis, who is in charge of the grand jury investigation into the fake elector scheme coordinated by Trump and members of his executive surrogate team. In an update, the Georgia DA finds credible allegations that serious crimes have been committed in Trump election fraud inquiry. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis announced Thursday that her office has now found credible allegations that serious crimes have been committed by Trump and others connected to Trump. Here's what she said to the Washington Post. The allegations are very serious, the DA says. If indicted and convicted, people are facing prison sentences. Now, before I go any further, why do you think she's saying this to the Washington Post? She is now shaking the tree, seeing what falls out letting them know we do have enough information to indict. We have enough information to prosecute and based on what we are going to indict you on, you will go to prison. This is a way to work around some of the rules of engagement when you are a prosecutor. She is talking directly to those involved in the co-conspiracy. Maybe one or more of them will start to actually become a cooperating witness. There's more, a decision she says, is going to have to be made on whether to ask Trump to testify, and I imagine that's going to be made late this fall. She also made it clear that she put a stop to any grand jury information during the primary election to avoid allegations that she was behaving in a political manner. She will also stop the panel on October 7th to ensure the month prior to the election is quiet. She also said that the probe would be finished calling witnesses by the end of the year. Previously, Willis suggested that the Elector scandal, the pressuring of officials and threats against election officials, could be prosecuted using Georgia's conspiracy and anti-American RICO laws. The RICO statute allows you to tell jurors the full story of a complex conspiracy, Willis explained. It's a great statute for prosecutors. It is, it's a great statute for prosecutors, horrible for defense attorneys. It basically changes the rules of evidence in a court of law. You can introduce things that normally would not be allowed, but they will be allowed if you charge under the RICO Act. So let me give you some background to this fraud investigation. Uh, The scandal began when former President Donald Trump pressured Georgia officials to change the 2020 election results. In a recorded call with Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who's the chief elections guy, Trump demanded that the Georgia chief elections guy change the vote. He said, find 11,780 votes. That's pretty specific. That's not a general request. The special grand jury has questioned several top Republicans involved in the election and who either directly witnessed what could be considered a conspiracy to commit election fraud. Now, what does conspiracy require? Not much, actually. It requires the meeting of two minds, nothing more. Two minds to commit a criminal act. At one point, Trump's uh, then chief of staff, Mark Meadows, flew down to Atlanta with the demand to speak to election officials. The officials were uncomfortable with Meadows and any administration officials putting pressure on their office while fully understanding that Trump lost the election according to text messages. So what do we have here? We have a concurrent investigation being ran by a separate grand jury in the state of Georgia. That grand jury, according to the DA, is, is about to indict some folks. I know she said likely, that's, she's you know, measuring the words. Indictments are coming, bottom line. Now, will she subpoena Trump? I don't know if it matters that much. I would still subpoena the guy to make sure we have it on the record. Uh, but if others can somehow thumb their nose at a subpoena, for example, the governor of Georgia will subpoena, he didn't come, he was able to get a judge to say, let's do it after the election. Uh, maybe Trump will have a similar protection. We don't know. But still, he needs to have a subpoena. All right, Jackson, thoughts here?
3: So the reality is, is that even before this came up, Donald Trump and his goons left uh, evidence publicly for all of us to see what he was attempting to do and what everybody in his administration and those who supported him were attempting to do. Even people to this day who are unwilling on his side to come forth and say that he lost the election, including many people in dozens of states across the country who are running for office. So, you know, uh, absolutely indictments are coming and Donald Trump can't beat all of these cases. And people often forget that Donald Trump frequently loses court cases Uh, he has all throughout his career. So um, we're going to continue to find out what he and those around him have done underneath the table. And uh, that's going to continue to come out over the months and years to come.
0: Yeah. For the rest of Trump's life, he will be a defendant of some sort. All right. We got more on the other side. It's Indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. we got a lot of show left. Always good to connect. Let me go to Twitch. Winston121880 says, Karenicity must be a mutated English gene, which explains its prevalence in America. <laughs> that was good. That was very thoughtful. I like that. Uh, intersection, intersectional Dragon says uh, about the Georgia DA, good on her. They better get her security detail because the MAGA people are dangerous. She already has it. As a matter of fact, the sheriff of Fulton County has appointed multiple security members to stay with the DA, basically 24 hours. All right. <clears throat> we finally got him. We've been reporting on this SOB detective for months. Let's put his picture up. Now he's indicted. We're talking about Roger Galupski. This is is evil personified, but decades, this man utilized his authority as a police officer, a detective, a supervisor, to do what? To brutalize black women, to sexually prey on black women, to even indicate that he was going to prey on a black woman's daughter, and gave young black men cases in jail when their mother would not have a sexual relation with him dirty as hell. Roger uh, Golubsky was arrested at his home finally in Edwardsville after federal grand jury indicted him on six counts of civil rights violations. He was expected to make his first court appearance Thursday afternoon. So he's a retired uh, cop now, Golubsky retired in 2010 after working for the Kansas City Police Department for how many years? 35. 35 years, and they knew he was corrupt. They did nothing. The FBI has been investigating allegations that Golubsky, who was white, sexually assaulted black women in the city and exchanged drugs for information during criminal investigations, something he did routinely. The federal indictment announced Thursday accuses Golubsky of sexually assaulting two women on several occasions between 1998 and 2002. The indictment does not state the race of the women. He is accused of raping both women and forcing them to perform oral sex on him several times in his vehicle and at the woman's home. Golubsky's conduct included aggravated assault, abuse, and kidnapping, according to the indictment. If convicted of any of the counts, Golubsky could be sentenced to life in prison. He was there in one department for 35 years. They knew he was a corrupt cop. He had many allegations against him. They did not sideline this cop gave him promotions. He continued to rise in the ranks. So this is some background on his years of abusing black women in that city. In the 1980s, that same cop forced Rose McIntyre to perform oral sex to save her boyfriend from a false arrest. He then arrested her son, Lamont, for double murder after she blocked a second sexual encounter. The son was exonerated, but only after spending 23 years in prison for a crime he never committed and was only there because Golubsky, the evil individual in question, wanted him to be there. There's more, Ophelia Williams. Ms. Williams told the Kansas City Star, Golubsky forced himself on her after officers arrested her twin 14 year old boys in 1999. A lawyer during a deposition proceeding, posed the question to Williams, if she ever called the police. Oh, okay, yeah, had you ever called the police ma'am? She says, no. She responded, he was the police. The detective told Williams, that he was close with the district attorney and could help her get her son out of jail or sons out of jail. She said several days earlier, Golubsky was with officers when they executed a warrant at her home. He told her she had nice legs and her 12 year old daughter would be just as pretty when she grows up. Lamont and Rose McIntyre eventually received $12.5 million in a settlement, not enough money for what happened to them. They got this from the unified government uh, in their county in Kansas City. Kansas at the end of June, it was a far cry from the 100 million they sought. But state law blocks Williams, whose sons were also arrested for double murder from suing. Why? Uh, Attorneys for the McIntyre family claimed the lawsuit that the uh, the detective preyed on about 70 uh, women the reason why the sons could not get uh, their settlement directly is because of a, a ridiculous statute of limitation. Uh, the, the man was in prison, okay? But because of that time that elapsed, he was unable to get his money. Very sad, but finally, there's an indictment. Uh, police agencies all across this country, they have a Golubsky. They got a person just like that, been there over 30 years, 35 years, They know about the corruption. He keeps getting uh, promoted. Why? Because of the culture of policing. The culture of policing, if it was more good cops than bad cops, that means that Golubsky would not exist beyond maybe a year, six months. He was there for 35 years. The culture protected him. It did not hold him accountable. All right, Jackson, thoughts here.
3: Well, you know, he was just using his position of authority to fulfill his sadistic vices on people, because at the end of the day, rape is an act of power over somebody, not sex, because you can just purchase sex. You don't have to take it from somebody, especially someone like him, who's been a police officer within the city limits for decades. He knows where to get it if it's really if it's really about that. But this guy was just going unchecked and doing what he was doing because he could and because he liked it. You know, like it wasn't something like he was like, oh, I just happened to stumble in. No, he he liked it. And he used his badge to get away with it. And he had to have thought that he did get away with it because 12 years passed after his retirement. So he almost did.
0: And let's keep it 100, man. Media started picking up on this and continued to expose what was happening and more witnesses came forward. If it had not been for media, Golubsky would have gotten away with it. Absolutely. All right, let me bring something to your attention. What if I told you that a facility meant to incarcerate people has now been given the task of holding patients that should be in a hospital, mental health patients at that. It's a damn shame. Uh, Last year, District Court Judge Carlton W. Reeves appointed Michael Hogan, a former New York State Commissioner on mental health, with 40 years of mental health experience, to create twice yearly reports evaluating the state's compliance with the settlement agreement. Now, there's a newly released report exposes that the state of Mississippi The mentally ill seeking treatment are now forced to go to jail because they have no spots available in the hospital. Are you hearing this? In Mississippi, if you have a mental health disorder, crisis issue, you go seek help, you go to the hospital, they then take you to jail and you stay in jail. Some people are staying in jail for weeks, up to a month. No crime was committed. They're patients. They need help. Let me put it this way It doesn't make sense how we treat individuals with a mental health crisis in this country. If a person goes to a hospital because they have, let's say, a broken leg, and the hospital says, Well, we can't treat you today, we're going to send you to the jail until we have an opportunity to see you. Would that make sense? Of course not. And it doesn't make sense when we're talking about mental health in America, but that's exactly what they're doing. There's more in federal monitor, Michael, um, Hogan reports. He illustrates how Mississippians can be subjectively denied admission to their regional crisis stabilization units, increasing the odds that they spend time in jail, in jail while waiting for a bed at a state mental hospital without ever being charged with a crime. Throughout his report, Hogan emphasized the issue of sick people waiting in jail for treatment. On average, during fiscal year 2022, according to DMH, on any given day, you got about 25 people who who had to go to jail in order to go to the hospital. He called it a clearly unacceptable pattern. They go to jail in order for them to go to the hospital. This is happening right now in Mississippi. In his second report, so I just gave you the first one. In his second report, he surveyed North Mississippi State Hospital, okay? And community mental health centers. In the northern part of the state, did not find patients admitted without a serious mental health diagnosis. If there were fewer denials at the crisis stabilization units, fewer Mississippians with mental illness would wait in jail to receive healthcare. Of the 1,275 CSU denials in the first half of fiscal year 2022, Hogan reported about 30% occurred because no bed was available. In many cases, because of staffing shortages. A fifth occurred because the CSU determined the person was just too violent. Other denials were based on the person's substance abuse or medical issues. But the monitor also noted something else. The monitor also noted that some people were not admitted uh, due to staffing shortages at the state hospitals. Staffing shortages also limited the capacity at the crisis stabilization units. So what are we seeing so far? We're seeing problems. These are problems, staffing, et cetera, protocol policies. Leaders resolve, they remedy the problem. What's the remedy here? What's the solution? because whoever in the hell came up with the idea to put patients of a hospital inside of a jail cell should be arrested themselves. The liability, the danger, the fact that they will not receive the healthcare they deserve, let's be 100. The reason why you do not hear outcry from officials in Mississippi and many others is because of the community we're talking about, mental, health, mental disease, that's the reason. In the view of the monitor, gross numbers of admissions do not reveal much about whether these admissions could have been avoided, he wrote. Indeed, where admissions to hospitals or CSUs may have been appropriate, but beds were not available. The failure to admit is a problem. Hogan determined the state was in partial compliance with that piece of the order, the Department of Mental Health has increased funding to the community mental health centers for security in an effort to reduce the number of denials. Once again, not a solution. That is not a solution. We're gonna just give you more money. No, you need money and a plan. You need money and a strategy. You need money and better leadership. You need money in execution. Well, they said, we're just gonna give you more money. That means that they wanna be lazy about the remedy. They don't wanna be thoughtful about it. Uh, but we are going to try to put pressure on Mississippi to be thoughtful about this and many other things. We got Jackson. What are your thoughts, brother?
3: Well, you know, they threw them in jail. That was just a way to get rid of them and get them out of yep. the way because they didn't really want to deal with it. And they thought they could sweep it under the rug. That's really all it was. And You know, this is the reality of Republican states and, you know, people are always talking about Democratic cities and states. But this is a reality. This is a Republican state and they don't have infrastructure to take care of people who have issues. They're passing these, uh, you know, anti-abortion laws and basically throwing people to the side who are impacted by their failure in policy. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, Um, You know, conservatives in this country, especially who have access to the levers of power, they're not interested in fixing society's issues. They're just interested in order and control over others who they don't see as worthy of having access to stuff, basically.
0: Yeah. And let's be clear. uh, There's no us and them. Individuals who are experiencing this ridiculous policy element in Mississippi. That's us. Every person, including myself, we have experienced a mental health issue and, frankly, will experience more in the future. They are not separate from us. They are us. These are our brothers and sisters who need help. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay.